You're listening to Trademarks Made Easy. Trademarks Made Easy is the podcast focused on helping brand owners in the e-commerce space. With your host, Susie Hickson, the private label lawyer. But don't worry, you won't find too much legalese here. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Trademarks Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Susie Hickson, also known as the Private Label Lawyer. I'm the founder of the Private Label Law Boutique, and we help our clients create long-term wealth with their private label products by guiding them through the complexity of the legal landscape so they can grow their businesses securely and confidently on a daily basis. In today's episode, I talk about starting your very own podcast and the benefits of doing so. Guess what? Podcasts aren't just for service-based businesses. Also, I get asked all the time, how can I use podcasting to grow my product-based business? What are the benefits of creating a podcast? How do I go about creating a name for my podcast? Can I register my podcast name with the United States Patent and Trademark Office? And what are the benefits of registering my name the name of my podcast with the USPTO? And how can I repurpose my podcast content for people who don't yet listen to podcasts? I addressed all of these questions and more in this podcast. So make sure you grab a pen and paper because you'll want to take notes. So I'll see you on the other side. I have a podcast called Trademarks Made Easy and it is a mixture of interviews with industry experts as well as interviews with brand owners. So if you think that you might ever want to hop on my podcast with me, shoot me an email, I'd love to talk with you about it. And then of course, every few episodes, I also talk about sort of the intersection of trademarks and private label. And I also talk specifically about trademark creation and how to find a really good trademark from both the legal and the marketing perspective. So my podcast is still pretty young, but I am very lucky because I actually got the opportunity to go speak with Erica Bivens on ABC News this morning and talk about International Podcast Day and how businesses can benefit from podcasting on their own. So I know that a lot of people think that podcasts are really for service businesses, but that's not really true. You, Even if you are a product-based business, a podcast still might be something you could think about doing to grow your business. Some of the reasons for that is that podcasts are great because obviously they're good for advertising and sales and they're great to help you build authority. So let's say that you have a product business and it's a private label business and you are doing supplements. So you could consider doing you know, a podcast around health and nutrition. I know that a lot of my clients have a product, private label product, specifically in the industry, in an industry or or sports or activity that they really love. So you could even do a podcast around that particular sport or activity. 
and I'd actually written down a few little notes here to talk about. You could talk about the growth of your own private label journey, and you could use that to educate other people. I know that I listen to a lot of podcasts that are educational. I like listening to other people's entrepreneurial journeys. I listen to another trademark lawyer out there. He has really great content. So it's a great way for, it's a great platform for people to, to share their information and to share their content and to potentially collaborate with other people. It's also such a great way to meet people. I really feel like, you know, every business, every brand has a voice. Your business very well could be eligible for podcasting, especially if you like to talk. So if you think you can talk faster than you type, really think about getting a podcast or starting a podcast. You need to think about who your ideal listener is and if you can really provide them with some great content. That's what's really important. And another thing to consider is if you already have a blog on your website, your e-commerce site for purposes of SEO, I know tons of people like to have blogs to really help with SEO purposes, think about whether or not it might make more sense to, instead of focusing on creating that blog, to focus on creating the podcast content. And then what you can do is, like I mentioned a minute ago, you can probably talk faster than you can type. Later on, after you've created your podcast, you can have it transcribed and then put into a blog. So I've been doing a little bit of that. I actually have a ton <laughs> of blog posts that are that that I need to post that are actually transcribed podcasts. And the reason that I want to do that, actually a couple of reasons. One is I want that content to be available to people who don't listen to podcasts. And then of course I want that content to be out there for purposes of SEO because think about it. I mean, this I, I don't think that right now there's any benefit in podcasting for SEO purposes unless you really work on a lot of the keywords and information in your podcast hosting platform. So I use Libsyn. I think it's that's kind of a portmanteau for liberated syndication something like that. I need to double check that. And if you listen to me long enough, you know how much I love portmanteaus for trademarks. So I had sent out an email to my list asking people to, you know, let me know if they have any questions about trademarks this week at podcasting and private labels. So it's, we're a little bit of a smorgasbord here, but I kind of feel like we can tie some things in. Somebody asked me, well, can I trademark my podcast. So just a quick step back here. Trademarks are distinctive words or logos, insignia, slogans, taglines that when affixed to goods in particular, it's a way to identify the source of those goods or services. And so someone asked me, well, do you, can I get a trademark for my podcast? So yes, you can. If you start a podcast, you're going to be creating sort of a, a voice and a brand that's going to be uniquely yours. So thinking about whether or not you want to file a trademark application is something you want to have on your radar. You're going to have all of this brand collateral. You're going to have your show title. You might even have some logos or an art artwork made up of your podcast cover. And people are going to eventually identify that with your brand. So 
they'll get used to hearing you or listening to your podcast and whenever the new ones pop up, you know, once a week or whenever you release a new one, they'll just be scrolling and they can quickly see on their podcast platform, listening platform, your podcast pop up and they're gonna get to the point where it's gonna be very quick for them to see it. So yes, the title of your podcast or the name of your podcast, I really don't know if I should say title because that, that's getting in a little bit of a gray area because generally I say that that like book titles are not eligible for trademark protection, but podcasts are. And I'm gonna talk a little bit more about getting a registration for podcasts. Keep in mind that in the US, you will get common law rights to your trademark as soon as you start using it. So first in time generally means first in rights. So just briefly, my podcast name is Trademarks Made Easy. So the reason I chose that name is I kind of went against what a lot of the advice is I give, which is to avoid descriptive trademarks. And I really, I'm going to stick with that advice, especially for products. Now, I went for a slightly descriptive podcast name because I wanted people to immediately know what it was. And a lot of people do that also with their podcasts. Now, if you do go down the road of creating a more coined name for your podcast or something sort of made up or something sort of witty, what you can do is you can have a little tagline or slogan underneath it to kind of describe what the podcast is about. One thing that I've heard in kind of the marketing world about when it comes to podcasts is that you really want people to be able to quickly look at your podcast name, right? You don't want a whole lot of information on there because you want people to be able to quickly see what it is and describe fairly quickly. So if you do have a podcast, you do want to think about getting, you know, whether or not you want to to register the name. How do I come up with a name for my podcast? One way to come up with your name, if you're creating your name, is to check out my trademark trailblazer, the brand name creation blueprint. And I really developed that with Amazon seller, or I shouldn't say Amazon, a private label sellers in mind. That said, anyone who's creating a trademark for a product or service would find the content helpful because it really goes through the creation of a trademark that will be strong from both the marketing and the legal perspective. And I say this a lot, it's really important to find that balance. And it's not always easy to find that nexus because sometimes those disagree, but when you can find a trademark or create a trademark that's great from both the legal and the marketing perspective, that's awesome, that's great, that's key. Just to kind of briefly talk about this, if you find a name that you're like, okay, I think I like this name, ask your target audience about it. Say, hey, when you hear this proposed name, what, what do you think it is for a podcast? And if they're like, if they say what, you know, what you, what the content of your podcast is going to be about, then you're probably on point with the name of your podcast. Be logical. And again, I'm going to permit you to, <laughs> to be a little more on the descriptive side with your podcast name, just keeping in mind that if you do try to go through the application process for it, you might not be able to get it on the principal register. Now, another thing 
I want you to think about is, you know, how long do you think that you're going to do this podcast? If you're thinking, I'm going to only do it for a year. If you if you have in your head, I want to do it for a year, you know, maybe you're going to do like a season, a season or two, because sometimes people roll out podcasts like that. They'll record 10 episodes and then go ahead and publish an entire season. Like all of this is totally up to, to however you want to structure it. If you do something like that, it might not even be necessary to file a trademark application because it takes at least three to four months before it to even get reviewed by the examining attorney at the USPTO. So be really you know, logical and thoughtful in the process of whether or not you should file a trademark application. I will admit my podcast, Trademarks Made Easy, <laughs> I do not have a pending application for it. I guess one of my hesitations has been, how long am I gonna use this? And I also know that the, that I will end up getting on the supplemental register for it. Another thing you need to think about is, are you going to enforce the trademark, right? If you're not going to enforce the trademark, if you found someone who could be infringing it, then really, what's the point of going through the whole process? You might want to file it on your own, and if you don't hire an attorney, you can do it pretty cheaply, but granted, you're dealing with the USPTO website, and it can get really crazy if you're not used to looking at all the content on it. Again, what type of name is good for a podcast? What type of trademark? Unique is great. You know, we've I talk about portmanteaus, which are taking two words and creating a new word, like Libsyn. One of my favorites, strawsome, straw and awesome. So those those could be good. But then again, if you go with one of those for your podcast, keep in mind that it might be a good idea to have a tagline to describe what it is. And it needs to be really short if it's on the cover of your podcast artwork. So there's a lot of little things that you need to think about when you are creating this podcast. And as I've mentioned, descriptive names might not be registrable or you might end up getting on the supplemental register. That's where marks that are merely descriptive can kind of live for a period of time, five years to kind of allow them time to acquire distinctiveness so that when people look at that over time, they realize or they, they learn that you're the source of that trademark. That's not generally advised, especially for private label products. But for a service, it, it is a little more, I think, acceptable to select a descriptive trademark. Someone asked me, should I do a clearance search before I start using this name for my podcast? And so I say, absolutely. It should just be part of your research and due diligence that you do before you start your podcast. This will help you know, obviously, what other entities are out there. You don't want to go down the road of investing your time and your energy and your marketing into a name for a podcast that could already be used by someone else. And you know, another entity could be pro proactively claiming trademark rights to it. So of course, check Google, it's easy, right? Check the title, the proposed title that you're thinking of on Google. Another thing to think about is if you are doing some of your due diligence and you see that there are 10 other podcasts out there that have the name that you're thinking about using, not only is that not great from a legal perspective because you you know there could be some infringement going on there 
but it's not good from a marketing perspective because you're just going to drown amongst these other podcasts that are out there. So pick a name that really will stand out. Obviously, searching is going to be good for marketing and legal reasons. So make sure that you do kind of your cursory knockout search using Google. And then, of course, of course, search iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. Some of the biggest podcasting platforms out there. That's really where you want to search. And, of course, you want to do those kinds of search for knockout searches or those cursory searches, those really quick searches like, okay, boom, I know that this is not available. Someone else is using this or I know that I want to stand out more. I see five other podcasters out there using this as their title, no go. And then if you want to take it a step further, you can search the USPTO website. It's USPTO.gov. And you can take a look around there to see if anyone else could be using that name that you want to use for your podcast. Now, keep in mind that if there's already a mark out there that's not necessarily being used for podcasts, but something remotely related, then you still, even though podcast is a specific service, then you still might not be able to use that trademark. If you need someone to do searching for you, I can do that for you. Feel free to reach out to me and I can do the searching. And I have a couple of options. I do preliminary searches, which are a little more robust than a quick and dirty search. And then I do a more comprehensive, robust trademark search where I outsource the actual searching and then review those results. Again, really think long-term here though. Does it make sense if you think you're going to only be, you know, be doing this podcast for a year or two, you know, is it going to make sense to do, to spend the money on a comprehensive search and a file and all of that? That's something that really, you know, you need to make that decision. Another question that I got is, should I file the application with the USPTO? Should I file a trademark application with the USPTO for my podcast name? So again, you are the presumptive rights owner as soon as you start using the mark, as soon as assuming you're the senior user. And of course, making really good content, in my opinion, should be your priority at first and not necessarily USPTO registration. But after you've produced several episodes, you get in the routine of it, you're like, actually, like, I'm enjoying this, which most people seem to, then at that point, you might want to think about getting your USPTO registration for it because your registration is basically presumptive rights to that trademark throughout the U.S. as of the date that you first started using it or the date that you filed it, whichever one came earlier. So that's kind of cool. Again, what are your long-term goals? Will you enforce the mark? And if you're not going to enforce it, if someone came out and titled their podcast the same thing that you titled yours if you're not going to do anything about it then there's really no point in getting the uspto registration in my opinion if you're like oh heck yeah i would go after those people then (laughs) think about filing this was actually a really interesting question i got there's a name that i want to use for my podcast and i've already looked online and i found another podcast out there with the same name but they haven't published in about a year. They did have a history of publishing episodes weekly. Do you think I can start using that name for my own podcast? So in my opinion, if they have 
not been using it for just a year, that doesn't necessarily mean ab- abandonment. So generally, three to four years of non-use of a trademark is deemed abandonment, not just a year. So in this situation, I think that you have a couple of options. One would be to just abandon it and pick a different name, right? So that you kind of stand out in searches. And the other one would be to reach out to them, reach out to the other podcaster and say, hey, what are you all going to be doing with your podcast? You haven't been posting, you know, you haven't published in a year. What's going on? See if you can get a little bit of information from them. And of course, save your communication. <laughs> so what if they're like, oh, we, we quit and we're not going to ever use this again. We're, you know, whatever. So then you might be like, okay, well, maybe they're not going to, you know, resume use of it. So one thing that you need to think about, though, is if you do go ahead and go with a name that had been used in the past, is that there could be some something that's called residual goodwill. So people who might be out there searching for that could come across the old podcast. So I don't know. That, that kind of comes down to, you know, a business decision. But... I would wait at least three years for an abandoned or kind of a dead podcast to go ahead and take that name. So this is getting a little bit out of podcasting, but I did want to talk briefly about something that had more to do with just general private label world (laughs) question. Um, Someone asked me, I'm thinking about licensing my trademark. Interesting. I love this. Must a licensing agreement be recorded to have a legal effect? So I love hearing this because it tells me that you're starting to think bigger for your business and you're starting to look at licensing of your trademark as another revenue stream. And I think that's really cool. So kudos to you. As for recording a license, at first I was like, what? And then I'm like, okay, I know where they're kind of confused. I know where the misconception is. So a trademark license doesn't necessarily need to be recorded anywhere to be effective against other parties. It's just an agreement that you keep, right? A trademark assignment when you transfer the actual rights, the actual ownership rights to another party, that is recorded. And if you do that with your trademark, you absolutely need to record that with the USPTO because that's public record and the USPTO and the public needs to know the source of the trademark, right? That's what trademarks do, they're source indicators. So if someone is looking up a trademark, they need to know who the source of it is. So yes, you have to record it if you assign it. But in terms of licensing, you don't need to record anything. You do need to exercise quality control over the goods that are licensed. So the deal is, if you are permitting a third party to use your trademark on their goods, you need to know that the goods meet certain quality standards that you define as a trademark owner. And here's why. If something goes wrong with the product, if you're selling cutting boards, there's probably not a whole lot that's gonna go wrong. But if the licensee is selling a hoverboard, that could like catch on fire <laughs> and your trademark is on there, then any type of damages or liability could inure to you as the trademark owner. So it's really important that you 
maintain some type of quality control over those underlying products. So some of the other things that you need to think about, I just jotted a few of these down. I didn't pull up a license, but just some of the things people need to think about when it comes to licensing their trademarks. And I'm speaking to you all as brand owners, and obviously there could be people who are listening who are product developers and who are interested in being licensees, but this would apply to both, just some of the terms that are important. Obviously the parties that are involved need to go into the licensing agreement. The effective date, the mark to be licensed, the goods to be licensed, the term of the license, the geographic scope of the license. And this is important because obviously if you're a licensor, you might only want your licensee to use products that are sold in the U.S. Now, if this is a non-exclusive license, of course, you might actually want to also consider licensing to another entity to sell certain goods in another country. So that geographic scope of the license is important. Royalties, this is also really important to think about, right? And again, quality control provisions that outline the licensor's duty to exercise control over the quality of the goods. And this could include something to the effect of permitting the licensor to access the factory or certain premises of the licensee whenever they want to. Because again, being able to make sure that those goods that the trademark is licensed to be used on meet certain quality standards is so, so important. And then of course, there needs to be termination provisions in that license agreement. So I hope this information has been really helpful. I feel like, again, I kind of did the buffet of trademarks <laughs> and podcasting and licensing, but I wanted to get through a few things and just briefly talk about International Podcast Day. I, again, back to podcasting, I think it's a lot of fun. And I actually might, and this is another thing too that you, you should think about is, you know, content repurposing. How can you use videos that you have and maybe push to a podcast? You can do a lot of different things with your podcast. You can do interviews with industry experts. You can interview people, tell people stories. That's really, really important. And I'm going to try to get better about doing that with my own podcast is telling more stories or giving brands and businesses an opportunity to tell their stories because we learn from stories. And I always say we learn a lot by talking about failures in businesses and telling stories that are related to those because we remember them. They, they, they just get in our brain and we it's hard to forget them. So it's no fun to make the same mistake twice. Anyway, I hope everyone who's listening, wherever you are, I hope you have a wonderful week. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. Susie, S-U-Z-I, at The Private Label Lawyer. And you are so welcome. I'm happy that it was full of information. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you loved it and I hope you found it a value. Now, if you want to learn more about creating your very own trademark, make sure you grab my free bundle at trademarkquickstart.com to get started. And remember, never stop learning. Thanks for listening to Trademarks Made Easy with Susie Hickson, the private label lawyer. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe anywhere you find podcasts or at theprivatelabellawyer.com. 
Remember, the information provided in the Trademarks Made Easy podcast should not be construed as legal advice. It's for informational and entertainment purposes only. It should not be considered a substitute for legal advice. Also, I'm not your attorney. You should engage with an attorney to discuss your specific legal issues. And finally, while I have taken precautions to ensure that the content of my podcast is current and accurate, errors can occur, and thankfully, like us, the laws are ever-evolving. <laughs>